In this episode, we are discussing the lunar cycles. We have some fun moon facts for you. We talk about the energy of the lunar cycles and how following along with them can really benefit your life. Plus, we talk about how knowing which lunar cycle you were born under can give you some major hints into how your intuition works. Hi, I'm Heather Wood, and I'm an intuition and ego expert. And I'm Jamie Hayhurst, and I'm an energy healer. We're both passionate about smashing the patriarchy, integrity in the spiritual world, and social justice. This is the Intuitive Girl's Guide. Hey, Jamie, do you want to talk about the moon today? Yes, I would love to. I am obsessed with the moon and all the things it does. Of of all the parts of astrology, the moon is my favorite. Is it really? It really, really is. I love it. I think when people say to me, like, I want to get started in more of the like intuitive realm and live more that way, like, what should I do? Where should I start? And I always say, with the moon baby. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a perfect starting point. I think so. Yeah. So I have a bunch of stuff I want to chat with you about when it comes to the moon. Okay. And it quite often I'm going to reference moon signs and the moon phase you were born under. Yep. So what I want you to understand, I want you to be able to just listen Like maybe you're driving and you hear this and you're like, oh no, I don't know what my moon sign is, or I don't know what moon phase I was born under. Let me, how am I going to go through this? Just listen. And in the show notes, I'm going to put ways that you can find this information out links, but I'm also going to put the times that I describe this stuff. So you can listen all the way through and just take in the information. And then once you know those things, you can find in the show notes, the, like the time marker and go back and, and hear yours specifically. Perfect. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. Okay. I want to start with just a little, a little bit about cultural, different cultures, how they viewed the moon in history. Cause we always like to touch upon that. Right. Right. And I'm going to tell you the same old story. I always say when we do this part, which is that across the board, all ancient cultures really valued and studied the moon. Right. I could not find one that that was not true for. What I do want you guys to do, if you have not already, if you haven't listened to our episodes on the Sabbats, I would say to go back and do that because so many of them are based on what the moon is doing um, and all kinds of things in astrology. So if you're wondering some ancient pagan traditions and how they used to um, use the moon in in rituals and, and just in daily life, Go back and listen to those. We cover a lot of different cultures there. Right, exactly. And we also do an episode on natal charts that I would say to go listen to as well, where we really describe where things go and and give you a really good understanding of, you know, the different planets and the moon and the signs and all that good stuff. Yeah. And learning about your moon sign is key in your natal chart. That's my favorite thing to learn about somebody. You know, I know we've said it before, but so many people just go by their sun sign. So they like identify like I'm a Taurus because that's their sun sign. But I'm always way more interested in your moon sign and your rising sign than I am your sun sign. It tells me so much more about you. Exactly. Same. So the other thing I want to say about different cultures and history of tracking the moon is that they weren't just tracking them because they thought it was interesting. They were tracking the moon cycles for 
really like how to live. So it wasn't just for um, rituals or calling in abundance and all that. It was also for like when to plant crops, when to harvest crops, like real realistic parts. Like I just always want to emphasize that we used to live so much more connected to nature than we do now. And tracking the moon was a big part of that. Right. Because it was almost like the original clock. You were basing things on where the moon was in the sky, what shape it was, where other stars were in relation to that. I mean, those ancient civilizations really did an incredible job of tracking the moon and the other planets. Yeah. And and beyond just a clock, I think it was a calendar as well. And honestly, a more accurate calendar. (laughs) Exactly. Than what we have now. So absolutely. It was, it was of great value and they tracked it and they knew, I think they knew a lot more about it than we know now, to be honest. I agree. I think there's a lot of lost valuable information that hopefully we can, we can keep finding and discovering. Yeah. I think that was the point though, was for it to be lost. I think so too. All right. I want to give you some astronomy myths and facts that I found interesting about the moon and then some astrology facts that I found interesting. I'm going to break them up into two categories. I would also like to say, I've said this before many times, back in the day, astronomy and astrology were the same science. Exactly. It it got divided up. So if you're like, why are we bouncing between the two? Well, because this is how it used to be viewed. Both were very valued together. Right. So the first thing I want to talk about is that the moon goes on a 29-day cycle. Now, we are going to talk about this cycle in a little bit, and we're going to talk about what to do during what cycle because of what the energy is doing. And this is the part about the moon that I'm like, everyone should be knowing this and doing this. And I don't say should in a judgy way. I just mean like it's like having a life hack next to you, in my opinion. I agree. And if you're also to add to that, if you're a person who menstruates, then you probably notice that the numbers are the same as a menstrual cycle. Yeah. And you know, our, our ancient relatives knew this too. Right. Absolutely. It, it, that, that's why the moon, we'll talk about this more when we get to the astrology part, but that's why the moon has always represented feminine energy. Right. So there is no dark side of the moon, Jamie. That's not a real thing. That's just an album by Pink Floyd. <laughs> I was just going to say, do you know the band for the album name? That? So <laughs> it is true that there's a side of the moon and we're saying side of a, a circular object. So that doesn't exactly make sense. But right. there is true that there's a side that we don't see from the earth. That part is true, but it is not actually dark. It's lit up by the sun the same as the side of the moon we can see so i just think that's a real interesting like cultural like confusion myth i think it's actually a perfect metaphor for how if humans can't see something it must then just be dark and dead and non-existent (laughs) i think so too so so true i i actually look to see if other cultures outside of America also refer to it as the dark side of the moon. And it was kind of inconclusive. Mm -hmm. um, So I don't really know, but if we have any listeners in other countries who would like to weigh in, it does sound very American to me. It definitely does. (laughs) Okay. And then lastly, the moon does not orbit in a circle around us or around the sun. It orbits in an ellipse. So it's like a big stretched out circle. And I, I think, all the models I remember seeing in school as a kid was like a perfect circle. So I thought that was 
me too. That is interesting. Especially because that's how the tides are affected depending on where that ellipse the moon is falling. It's it's pulling in different places, causing the tides to be different. Right, exactly. There you go. All right, now I'm going to give you some of my astrology moon facts, which are my favorite. Okay. Okay. So the moon is the ruler of the sign Cancer. Yes. The moon represents intuition, emotions, habits, and the subconscious. Yes, it does. It's also how we emote and how we respond to our environment. Love it. So not only is your like your moon sign dictating that about you, but the moon phase is dictating that about you, the current moon phase. So very, very important to note. Yes. Like we said before, it represents feminine energy. And two key words that I always see to describe the kind of feminine energy that the moon puts off is receptive and reflective. Yes, exactly. And I think that that's what we've spoken about in other episodes too, is that maybe the words feminine and masculine aren't like, they don't work anymore. Maybe they don't work anymore. And that's what I think of when I think of feminine energy. I don't think about gender. I just think about receptivity. That's how I think of it. Yeah. And I think it's important to note, I have never really thought of feminine energy and masculine energy in the sense of girl and boy. Right. I think country does. They want us to. Agreed. It's not like we're all, we're all made up of both feminine and masculine energy. Same as we're made up of intuition and ego, you know, just girls aren't all feminine energy or people, you know, assigned girl gender at birth are not all female energy or vice versa. That's not at all how it works. But in, in the really ridiculous way we view gender, um, I see how that gets messy and mixed up, but feminine energy, not meaning gender. (laughs) That to me, those two words are beautifully descriptive of what real feminine energy feels like to me. Right. Receiving and allowing. Yeah. And that reflective, like I always think of that as like the, the mother and child, right? Like the receptive and reflective and that balance all the time and how you describe how feminine energy is sort of like it goes out and comes back in that sort of feeling. Like I feel like those words describe that well. Right. Agreed. On that same note, it's also said to represent your inner mother and your inner child, both. Interesting. I think that's interesting too. And don't hear inner mother as if that's only for people assigned female at birth. Everyone has an inner mother, inner father, inner child. Yes. Yeah. We're only ever talking about inner child. Yeah. This I think is really interesting. The moon and the sign, the sign that we were born under dictates how we protect ourselves. So when we need to feel secure um, or comfortable and safe, if you want to know like, Oh, what is it that I do? Look at what your moon sign says and what, see how it connects. That's interesting. So my moon sign that I was born under is Libra. Right. Libra is all about love and feelings. (laughs) And I think that is incredibly accurate for me and how I, how I feel safe and where I put myself in the world and what I need to do. I'm always looking to feelings or to intuition, right. Mm -hmm. To do that and to bring those up in other people that to me feels very safe and secure. Yeah. It's perfect for you. Yeah. What is, what's your moon sign, Jay? So my moon is in cancer. So it's almost like almost becomes a double cancer because 
the moon is ruled by cancer and my moon is in cancer. Mm -hmm. So it sort of feels like um, amplified cancer energy. Yeah. And so how would you, how would you describe how you think your moon sign connects to how you like feel safe? Well, cancers are known for being um, homebodies and being emotional and emotive and for being protective and caring for others and being very nurturing. So I feel like that tracks for me. Absolutely. The, the, especially the protective part and not just like protective as in like, like getting people away from you, but just like protective of the energy of a room of another person that I think very much describes you. Yeah. That hard shell of the crab is very, is a perfect metaphor for me. (laughs) Okay. It also, the moon also rules how we feel in flow. So like, you know, the ebb and flow, or you know how people are always, it's such a trendy, like spiritual thing to say, like, are you in, are you in flow or you need to get in the flow? Yeah. That's also been sort of taken over by the yoga community. I think not in a bad way, but I think that that's been used by that community a lot. Yeah, I agree. And listen, being in the flow is great. It's just Sometimes these terms become used in this very odd way in our community where it's almost like, I think it's kind of used to make people feel bad in a weird, like too far around the circle way. Exactly. Well, we live in a country that doesn't allow you to be in any flow. And then we're constantly told to be in the flow. So it's sometimes it's very hard to do that. Yeah. And it's always like, just get in the flow. Like, Right. Right. Yeah. So I really look at it as a rhythm that feels good and where you don't feel a lot of resistance towards what you're going towards. Like you're not bringing a lot of resistance. Does that make sense? Yeah. And like that energy of that feminine energy that we spoke about allowing to me, I always think of allow when I think of flow. Very, very smart. Yeah, exactly. All right. So to get like a little understanding of how to bring yourself back into feeling that feeling of flow or ease or whatever word you want to use. If you look at your sign, you'll get some tips on that. So for me as being a Libra, emotional balance is really important. So like I could have balanced out my day time wise perfectly and slept the right amount. I could have done all the other outside things right. But if inside I don't feel emotionally balanced, like there's a real need for something I, there's no balance anywhere for me. I'm not going to find that state of flow. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. How do you feel that works for you in cancer? So for my moon in cancer, I feel like I would have to a go home, <laughs> literally go home. Cancers love to be home um, in a place where they feel like they're safe. Food would probably be included. Mm-hmm. Nurturing with through food, feeding people, feeding myself is big. Um, and sort of bringing all of my emotions back into myself and processing them, you know, underneath that shell, as it were. I was just going to say that, like the calling of the energy back. Right. From all the places you've had it throughout the day. To me, that completely tracks for you and for all cancers, I think, especially. Yep. Yeah, yeah. got to keep it safe. Exactly. A cool fact, people whose moon sign is a water sign, like you, Jay, so that would be Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces, mm-hmm. their personality is a lot more affected by their moon sign than any of the other signs. Yes, that's true. Isn't that cool? hmm Okay. So now let's talk about your moon house. Okay. 
Now, you can find your house easily. I will put some links in the show notes to do it. Our favorite way is to use the Sanctuary app, which we are not currently sponsored by. Um, Hello, Sanctuary. Give us a call. We show you about all the time. (laughs) But I also have a free resource that you can use as well. So I'll put all that stuff in the show notes for you if you don't know what your moon house is. But your moon house will tell you how you seek emotional satisfaction. Hmm. Okay. So my moon is in the fourth house. So, so for me, if I need emotional satisfaction, I need to go into my home environment. So much like you were saying with needing to be in the flow, how you would be like, I need to be home so I can call my energy back. I, in order to feel like emotionally, like how I want to feel that satisfied feeling, I would most likely need to be home. Right. Exactly. Totally tracks for me. Absolutely. <laughs> How about you? Which house is your moon in? My moon is in the eighth house, which is about transformation and life cycles. And it says that people with the moon in the eighth house are deeply sensitive and private. Oh, get this. Maintaining distance until strong bonds of trust are built. Well, if that isn't the Bible of how Jamie Hayhurst operates, I don't know what is. <laughs> Tell me astrology isn't real. Listen to that and tell me astrology isn't real. That is amazing. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay. I want to talk about everybody's moon phases. Okay. So this is the phase of the moon that you were born under. Okay. After I do this, I'm going to just talk about the phases in general, but I want to describe what's different about these two things. Okay. Okay. The first is understanding your moon phase, meaning like the phase you were born under is going to give you some big clues about how you intuitively operate. Right. Understanding, having knowledge of the moon phases and what, what phase the moon is currently in is going to help you navigate your life. It's like having a map. <laughs> exactly. Like I said before, it's like a life hack manual to how to operate And sometimes more importantly, how everyone else is going to be operating. Exactly. I oftentimes use checking astrology as a way to prepare myself for the shitstorm of energy that's going to happen in other people. Exactly. Right. It's not just about you. It's about how it affects everybody. Exactly. So we're first going to do your moon phase, meaning the moon phase you were born under. And again, I will have a link in the show notes and there will also be the times for these in the show notes so that you can just listen now and then you can go back and you can calculate yours and all the people around you (laughs) so that you have this information. It's very, very helpful. Yep. Okay. And I kind of, this is a little bit of a cheesy thing to say. So if you hate it, tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Understanding your moon phase and how it works actually helps you use your natural intuitive gifts better. I don't think that's cheesy. Okay. I Sometimes I see people talking about intuitive gifts and I get like a bellyache because it, it kind of sounds weird. Oh yeah. No, I don't think, I don't think you're saying it like that. I know what you mean though. I think my problem is that people talk about intuitive gifts as if only a few people have them and everybody has intuitive gifts. Like, to me, that's a little cuckoo. 
Yeah, I think in this society, gifts are things that we think of as only being given to certain people. If you behave a certain way, it's a it's a treat or a something you have to earn. Exactly right. All right, let's start off with the new moon. Okay. All right, so let's say you were born under a new moon. Your intuition works best when you just know basic facts. The less you know, the better for you. Okay. Okay. So if somebody gives you too much information about something, it's going to completely throw you off. People who are born under a new moon, their intuition is just like, give me the bare minimum. Yep. And then let me see what I can pick up. Right. That makes sense. Okay. Your intuitive superpower. I know I'm being cheesy again, but I want, I, I really want people to understand that intuition isn't a superpower. Only a few people have. Everybody has different intuitive superpowers. So that's why I'm being a little cheesy about it. I do want you to understand that. Right. We're all good at something. It's, you just have to find out what it is, what works for your body, what works for your clairs, what works for your moon sign. Finding all that out points you to where your superpowers are. Exactly. Okay. So your intuitive superpower is creativity. So people born under a new moon are always coming up with really creative ideas. Now, they may not be the people who are going to make the ideas happen, but they are coming up with lots of beautiful ideas. So they're also really great at using their intuition to help spark that in other people. Okay. So if you have like writer's block or you're not sure in what ways you are creative, if you have any of those things, you want to find someone who was born under a new moon. I know that sounds silly, but you can probably pick them out. They're usually very creative. Right. So you you want them to be the ones to use their intuitive gifts to help you because they are, their natural way their intuition works is going to spark that in other people. Right. Okay. Next, let's talk about waxing crescent. Okay. So if this is yours, your intuitive information is works best when you are given a general direction or an end goal. Okay. So I'm just going to, I'm going to use an example. So let's compare new moon and waxing crescent for a minute. If somebody was like, um, can you help me pick up intu- intuitive information about what's going on with me physically? Like I, I'm not feeling well. Could, could someone pick up some information? Let's say that was the, the challenge. Okay? okay. A new moon person would be like, don't tell me any more than that. Okay. Okay. A waxing crescent person would be like, tell me how you want to be feeling that you're not. And they would take that information and knowing that would spark their intuition to get the information that they could download. Does that make sense? Yep, it does. They are, their intuitive superpower is planning and executing ideas. So if the new moon person came up with the idea, you, they would hand it over to the waxing crescent and they would make a great plan. Right. (laughs) And I would also say motivation. People who are born under this are very, very good motivators of other human beings. Okay. Um, Structure and organization come very naturally to these people. Okay. Next, we have first quarter moon. Okay. So people born under a first quarter moon, their intuition works best when they are presented with a problem or a challenge. Okay. 
So this would be when, if we use that same body example, when someone's like, can you pick up information? They would, they would want to know your symptoms. Oh, does that make sense? What, what is, what is your, what are you feeling that you don't feel? That's going to spark a first quarter moon's intuition. They don't need any of the other information. They just want that. And that's going to spark them because they are just natural problem solvers. Interesting. Yeah. They also tend to be very rebellious and their, their superpower is helping people overcome challenges. Okay. That's just very naturally how they work. Waxing gibbous is the next one. So these people born under the sign receive intuitive information best when they are given a goal in the person's plan to get there. Oh, okay. So if we take that same body example again, they yeah. would want to know, okay, so the goal is how do you want to feel? What are you doing to try to get there? What are what have you tried in your healing process? Oh, so like troubleshooting. Exactly. They want to, they want to see what the plan is that you have ahead. And they're going to, just from knowing that intuitively download, what's going to not going to work on that plan, where, where to make some adjustments completely them. They are so good at knowing where energy isn't flowing. You know what I mean? Like they really detect that very, very well. That's cool. And on a physical, mental, and emotional level. So it doesn't just have to be the physical. They're also like really, really intuitive about animals. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And I would say their energetic superpower is that ability to see flow. And that's why they want to know somebody's plan because they can see if the energy flows to all the elements of the plan or not. They'll really sense that. They say stuff. I listen to them all the time because a lot of people who do like intuitive readings are this sign. They like, I hear them say like, you know, for some reason, when you said that one thing, it was just like dead energy around it. Like that is somebody who probably has that gift very strong. Right. Like they can read the blocks to the flow. Exactly. Okay. The next one is being born under a full moon. Um, This is me, Jay. If you want to weigh in on what you think about the accuracy. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So they actually receive intuitive information best when they have all possible information given to them. Yes, that's you. Yeah. They are the opposite of the new moon. All right. right. So the new moon would be like fingers in their ears going like, la, 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 don't tell me anything else. But the full moon's like, I want to know everything you've got. And I'm going to ask you 5,000 questions as if I am an interviewer, because I need the information because each piece sparks something different for me. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you're also very good at filtering out the pieces that you don't need. Yes. I always have a, a, like I'm picturing this big puzzle and I'm always like shuffling pieces around as people are talking to me. Right. They're very good at shining a light on stuff that other people can't see. Yes. Accurate. So think of the full moon is reflecting as much sunlight as possible to the earth, right? So people born under the full moon are kind of going to do that same thing. They're going to light up a lot of darkness for people. Right. Absolutely. So I would say illuminating and then clarifying um, is the specific superpowers for this sign. Um, And then they also have a very um, a strong ability to find balance in light and dark. That's you. hundred percent. There you go. Um, They're also the hardest people to hide things from. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Accurate. (laughs) may or may not be why people get very uncomfortable around me sometimes. I don't know. That's probably really true. 
<laughs> okay. All right. The next one is waning gibbous. That's me. This is Jamie. Okay. Jamie, let's see your reaction to this description. You ready? Yep. Okay. They receive intuitive information best when there are a few pieces missing from the puzzle. Oh, that is me. <laughs> Isn't that perfect? Right. They're yeah. basically the detectives that are going to figure out the missing pieces to the story. Yes. <laughs> so True. also people with waning gibbous, they are the best at coming in when you're near the final stages of your goal or your situation or projects. Like they're the finishers. They are like, if we were running a relay race, the last lap, you would want to hand it over to a waning gibbous. They are going to get you there. Yes, agreed. They're also very good at figuring out why other people are blocked in receiving intuitive information. Okay. That tends to stick out. Um, I That makes me think about you doing Reiki, Jay, and, and maybe your draw to that, like finding those things that are blocked and sort of releasing them to make everything flow again. I thought of that when I read that. Yep, agreed. Um, and their, their gifts specifically help people reap what they've sown. Like if, if I could describe it in just a few words. That's what I would say. Um, you know, whatever you've already put out there and you're just trying to pull it into yourself now, waning gibbous is going to get a lot of intuitive information on how to help you do that. Oh, I really like that the way you worded that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love that if I could do it for someone. I love how much you love your moon phase. I love mine too. <laughs> but the reason I'm saying this is because so often in astrology, we talk about this in the natal charts episode, you're reading yours and you have this like kind of crisis inside of you when you're reading it because some of it feels true and some of it feels not true and some of it feels weird and you get like triggered. But I feel like when you find out your the moon phase you were born under, it's just kind of like soothing in a weird way. Right. And think about all of these intuitive things that we all talk about that if we can start better learning the components of ourselves, it just feels, well, it feels like you're putting pieces of a puzzle together, but it also feels like you're meeting yourself again. Yeah. It makes me feel very seen. <laughs> yeah. But in a good way, because or at least for me, a lot of the times it's like, oh, that's why you do that. That's why this works for you or this doesn't work for you. It's for me, it's very comforting to the way I am. Absolutely. And doesn't it, doesn't it feel good because especially with the intuitive gifts, because intuition is so often presented to us as like, well, intuitive people speak to the dead with no problem. They astral travel. Like it's nobody's business. Like these very specific ways that you're supposed to be intuitive. Right. But if you, when you read things like this, you understand like, oh, it's all so different and so separate. Like it, it, you could be talented and gifted in like different ways and you don't need to have all of them. No. And you don't need one person to do everything for you and you can't do everything for yourself. You might need to call someone in that can help you with a certain thing. We, we're, we're taught to be individualistic. I mean, that's what, why we're sort of at the breaking point of capitalism right now mm -hmm. is because we are sort of on this like suicidal mission to be individuals, mm -hmm. but that's not how humans were made to work. That's not how we operated for thousands and thousands of years. I needed your help seven lifetimes ago, Heather. <laughs> well, even right now, but like way back then we all needed each other's help. It, that's why we lived in 
communities or tribes or villages or wherever our cultures were. That's why we lived like that. Yeah. And in addition to that, and I love everything you said, I'm just going to add that we knew what our moon signs were and we knew this information. So if somebody came to me with a question about like, there's just a few pieces missing for me and I just, I just need to get across the finish line and and just pull it in. And I thought I, I was supposed to serve that now that feels like, Oh no, this isn't my place. But back then I would have been like, Oh, you need the witch down the street, Jamie. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she's a waiting gibbous. Like you, that's who you need for this. So like that, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like we knew this and like now we like you and I know it. And I know if somebody came with that, I would, I would send them to you. But again, there's so much less of that in this community where we're not like all helping people together, which is completely how it was always meant to be. Right. Yeah. Agreed. I think if us witches did get together and work together like this, we could destroy capitalism even faster. Agreed. Okay. Last quarter. So if you were born under a last quarter moon, you receive intuitive information best also when there's a challenge present. Okay. So very similar to think about, think about the moon phases in they're very similar to each other when we are like waning. Do you know what I mean? Like waning and waxing have opposition. So also when there is a problem or challenge present, but they are best at helping people figure out what no longer serves them and need to be, needs to be released. If you think about the way you're reading it, you're reading it and you're reading it with the phases. So if you think about everything Heather has just described, it's almost like she's describing the beginning, the middle and the end. And that's what every person's job is, is that where you are on that cycle describes where you're best helpful on that journey. Exactly. It, it is picturing it as a journey is perfect. You're dealing with a problem, right? And you're at the part of the problem where you need to release what's not working for you, which for some people definitely me is one of the hardest parts about journeying and like self self discovery and self work and self improvement is like releasing the stuff that no longer serves you. That can be really, really difficult. And so you want someone who's naturally in tune to that intuitive information and whose intuitive brain is sparked by that. That's who you want to help you with that. Right. Exactly. They're also very good at tuning into people's emotions. So they are the people that walk in and they're like, you know, everyone looks at someone and thinks they're happy and they're like, why are you so sad? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they very, very, very in tune, really great at helping you not just release, but like trust what's ahead. That's sort of that whole process of doing that and picking up the lessons and seeing how it helps people. Okay. You know, when you're in, a, in the moment of the shit storm, like you're in the eye of the hurricane of whatever transformation you're going through and you're like, why is this happening? You know, not like, why have have I been given this shit? Like, (laughs) I don't always answer to that question, but what can I take from this? That's a lesson that I can move forward with. The last quarter people absolutely have that intuitive information for you. Uh, That's that information is really important to me. So anyone that can help me with that, I'm here for. Same. Oh my gosh. That's so incredibly valuable. I think some people are okay with just learning and changing and moving on. But I really need to know the whys. (laughs) I really, really need to know. Oh, yes. 
Me too. Kind of obsessively. And if you think of our two, our two moon signs, they don't really involve that intuitive information. So it makes sense that we're always seeking it because we're not naturally downloading it. Right. And that's why we need other people. Okay. The last one is the waning crescent. So your intuitive gifts work best when someone is feeling down and depleted. Okay. All right. So they sense this need for like literal replenishment and their gifts sort of work and go like, this is how you should replenish. This is how you should take care of yourself. This is how you should give to yourself. All right. Think, right. don't think of it as like now, but think like ancient healers back in the day. These are the people yep. who are very in tune to this information naturally. So if I go back to that example with the body and someone's asking that question, it, when you get, when you're feeling just medium, like, oh, I'm starting to feel not great. The waning crescent people, they're not interested. They're not, nothing sparking. But when you get to the point where you're like crawling on your hands and knees, like I'm, I'm done. I have nothing left. They're like, I have all the information you need. <laughs> nice. Well, people need that. That's when people need it. Especially in the society right now that teaches us that we should, especially women, that we should never ask for help and we should be martyrs and you should wait. How many times in your life, Jay, have you been in like a dangerous medical moment and been like, let me just take care of the kids for another hour and then I'll go get help. I literally couldn't count for you. (laughs) So many, right? It's terrible to say. I'm not even making a joke of it. I'm not proud of that. It's terrible to say that out loud. Same. It's true. We're taught to do that. We're taught that that makes valuable. That talks, we're taught that that makes us good mothers. That's how you get the mother's day card that says, Thank you for being so selfish. That's a stupid card. Burn that card, Jamie. I hate it. Think about how we're all in that state, right? Especially during this shit storm of a pandemic, right? Like you definitely, if you're seeking that, you want to find the people who have this intuitive gift and are born under this moon sign because they are going to pick up that information way easier. You know, you and you would fill in the puzzle piece right? I would take the whole information and get the whole story and help them feel better about themselves and see, you know, clarify and help them understand the things they don't understand. But you need that waning crescent to come in and go like, here's literally how you need to replenish yourself to do any of the stuff that Jamie and Heather just told you. (laughs) Right. Cause you're, you can't get there without this. Right. All right. So knowing this is helpful, I would love it if people would find theirs and then post it or tag us or or comment or just send it to us. I would love to know that maybe we can even put up um, an Instagram story or something where you, you say when you are, because I would, I would really love to know that. And I would love to know if it, if you feel like it tracks for you. I would love to hear that also. All right. I think we should take a quick break. And when we come back, um, we're going to talk about the moon phases in general, like in everyday life and what you should be doing when as like a, a, the best life hack I could give you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's probably going to be very powerful. Yeah. And we're also going to talk about um, the thing we're obsessed with this week when we come back too. I can't wait to talk about it. We'll be right back after this short break. So it's season three of the podcast and there were a few things that are a little bit different. Yep. We're all growing. We're all changing. So I cut my hair. Looks incredible. Thank you. Jamie, you now have curly hair. I'm doing the curly girl method and I love it. It looks incredible. But something else has changed that we we really need to talk about. I'm, I'm really surprised it's not on the news, to be honest. 
It's sort of earth shattering for any of our listeners. This might come as a shock to you. (laughs) Tell them what it is, Jay. Well, you all know from our previous ads for Restoration Coffee that I was a loyal drinker of a large hot Rachel with oat milk latte, right? That was my go-to. But listen, times are changing. We're all up-leveling here. We're all moving into 5D. We have different hairstyles. And it turns out (laughs) that my now preferred drink of choice is a large iced page latte. So however you're evolving in your life and moving on, you need great coffee. So go ahead to Restoration Coffee if you're local. If not, go order some beans and it'll help in the process. Don't you think, Jay? Yep. Love it. Love Resto. Visit restoration-coffee.com. Let's talk about what we're obsessed with this week. Okay, what we're obsessed with this week is the Lions game. Yes, everyone's obsessed with this this week, I think. Everyone's obsessed with it, but I think a lot of people are obsessed with it, but they don't know. (laughs) I think everyone's feeling it, and they know. I think a lot of people know. I think everyone is feeling it, but I think a lot of people know that it's the Lions game that's causing them to feel that way, but I think then an even smaller amount of people know what that actually means. Absolutely. I have gotten so many texts and emails and social media messages being like, is Mercury in retrograde or something? Like what is happening? And I'm always like, oh, it's the lion's gate, you know, just like ride it out. Like it'll be okay, but it is a shit storm. It's crazy. So Jay, will you give a little synopsis of what the lion's gate actually is, what that means when we're saying it? It sort of sounds, when when we say it, it sort of sounds like we're inviting people to a creepy cult. So I just want to say that's not what it is. Right. You say it to the wrong person, it sounds super weird. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) so the lion's gate happens every year on August 8th. So that's the lion part is that it's happening in Leo season. Leo sign is a lion. Mm -hmm. And I think the part that you hear on social media and these sort of snippets that you hear is that it's happening in Leo season and it's on 8-8. And if you take 8 and you flip it on its side, it becomes an infinity sign. Mm -hmm. So 8 becomes infinity, infinity, which is a little bit redundant if I'm being honest, (laughs) but I'll take, I'll take two infinities. (laughs) But beyond that, I mean, people just know that it's the Lion's Gate portal. It's big energy coming through on 8-8. I think that that's generally what we hear, right? Absolutely. Everyone's like, oh, it's just like this huge portal of ginormous energy coming at us. That's what I hear people say. Right. Right. And it's strong energy because it's Leo energy. Leo's strong, confident, self-assured, charming, all that good Mm -hmm. stuff. But the astrology of it, which... I think you'll love Heather is that it actually dates back to our like back in the day time mm-hmm. <laughs> thousands of years ago, way predating patriarchal religions. And it was measured when the fixed star Sirius, when it would line up in the sky with Orion's belt and the pyramids of Giza in Egypt. So amazing. Like, can we just pause so think- for the amazingness of that just for a second? 
Right. Well, I think we actually should to let people think about it and absorb it because you hear that and you're like, oh yeah, that's cool. It aligns with a, a pyramid. But if you take it one step further and you think about the people living then, no technology, no phones, no you know traditional science as we know it, they're just seeing this ginormous bright star line up with their pyramids every year or people that the pyramids were built to line up with them actually probably. Exactly. Right? Yes. And think of how valuable that information was to them if they built right freaking magical pyramids i don't care pyramids are magical fight me fight me how are they built maybe we should do an episode on that conspiracy but the thing is that amount of of energy and manpower and resources that were put into creating pyramids to perfectly line up with this like just let that juiciness sink in exactly and so this Lionsgate, this serious lining up in the sky, was another piece of that calendar that we spoke about earlier in the episode that, okay, well, now we know it's this time of year. We know the energy feels like this because Sirius is doing this in the sky. They didn't call it that. Um, <laughs> right. But so it was just an indicator to them that the energy was going to feel a certain way. And then it was a it was a time to do certain things. Yeah, it was so important and, to note because the energy was going to go a little wacky, if we're honest, and intense. Right. That they had pyramids marking it. Right. And so it's known for really shaking stuff up, but it's also known for being a time of really incredible manifestation. Yes. Power, power, power. Because you take all that Leo energy mm-hmm. and you and you take that sort of big shaky energy and you combine them and you have the power to really affect change in your life. Exactly. Now, I think a lot of people also think that the lion's gate is just eight, eight, but it's, it's like a, it's a range of time, right, Jay? Exactly. So it's for a few weeks every year that you can feel it's that you can feel it opening up and then it's open this portal, or if that word is too trippy for you, you can think about it however you want. But whenever this energy is aligned, Mm -hmm in this particular way that lasts for a couple weeks every year, but they say it's the strongest and the most precise on eight. eight. Yeah. I think of that as like the peak of it. Like it's still, right. if you think of, if we related to the moon phases and the moon, which we're talking about in this episode, right. It's sort of like the waxing is before it. And then it would be almost like the full moon on eight, eight. It would be like, boom, the power. And then the residual and like the waning you would feel after. Right. And for both of those things, for the full moon, the new moon, this lion's gate, it, you don't need to get stuck in that, again, patriarchal, oh, I have to do this manifestation practice ritual right now, or it's going to be too late. You can do it the day before a full moon. You can do it the day after a full moon or lion's gate or new moon, whatever you can do. It's that's not how this type of energy works. No, I don't think that's how any energy works to be. No, but yeah, you can, when you're hearing this, this episode, we're still in the lion's gate and we're coming out of it and you're still going to be feeling that energy. You probably are listening to this going like, Oh, that's why the last couple of weeks were the way that they were. And why I'm still sort of trying to find alignment. I know for me, and this is what we were talking about. I could not keep myself grounded. (laughs) Yeah, you had big problems with And that. I have so much Taurus in my chart that I don't ever have to think about being grounded. I just am. So it was really right. interesting to me. And so 
a lot of people get victimy about stuff like this, about Mercury retrograde and Lionsgate, like, oh God, then they want to like hide in their house. And where I do empathize with that response, I have moments of that. I will say that mm-hmm. if you if you understand how everything is a cycle <laughs> and it's still frustrating to go through when energy gets intense or you feel off from it or whatever. But if you understand that you're cycling through to something else, I feel like it makes it a lot more tolerable. Agreed. If you can see that there's an end in sight, if you know it's just a part of a cycle and that's not you forever, it's a lot easier to deal with something. Exactly. Exactly. So how did, how would you describe how you felt during this lion's gate, Jay? Well, I think it's interesting that you said that you, couldn't ground yourself. And that's something you're usually very good at, or that comes easily for you. Because I, as we discussed in last week's, what we're obsessed with, (laughs) I am a very good sleeper. I sleep very easily. I fall asleep almost at like Olympic speed. You have a gold Um, medal and speed race fall asleep. Right. Just shoot off the edge of the cliff into astral projection, which if you listened, you know, I remember no bit of, (laughs) Um, but during this lion's gate, I was having, I've been having a hard time sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, that's a big indicator. If I'm having a hard time falling asleep, that is a ginormous red flag for me that something's off energetically. Absolutely. I think a lot of people have been having sleep issues. And I think if you look at what they are specifically, that's going to help. So my inability to stay grounded keeps waking me up in the middle of the night with my thoughts racing in a million different directions. That if that's how you're also waking up, you're not, you're not being, you're not staying grounded while you're asleep. And again, for someone like me, that's so natural. I don't have to put like seven crystals under my bed and put my feet in the grass before I go to bed. Like that's just natural. Now I'm, I mean, I'm kind of doing those things because I'm like, oh, it's so off. So just to your point, I think sleep is a great like indicator of what else is going on energetically. Agreed. So if you're feeling off, (laughs) alone, but definitely take some time to think about what you want to manifest. Even if you're at the tail end and you're just figuring, you're just learning what this is, really just like, what am I, what I really want to pull into my life during this lion's gate? Exactly. Very powerful. Yeah. Jamie and I have been doing meditations and other rituals to pull in even more success for the podcast. So if you're listening to this and you're like, you know what? We want that for you too. Maybe like share about it or rate review. I'm just saying. Yeah. Give us a follow or subscribe or tell your best friend about it. Yeah. And if you think that's silly, I'm just going to say that the lion's gate made me do it. So whatever. There you go. (laughs) Hashtag blame it on the lion. (laughs) Love it. So the moon, like we said before, goes through a 29-day cycle. Yes. During that cycle, it goes through the phases of the moon I'm going to go over, and the energy cycles with it. And with each moon phase, there's different energy. Now, there is nothing wrong with not paying attention to the moon phases. Please don't get me wrong. And also, you are not less spiritual, holistic, intuitive, witchy, whatever, if you don't. I don't like when people play that game. I'm not doing that. But what I am saying is knowing this stuff, understanding it is going to be helpful to you so that you're not always meeting all this resistance in your life. Agreed. And if you want to feel better about yourself, just know that I am one of those people who I know when I generally know when the full moon and the new moon are, 
but I'm not always super clear about when like the waxing and the waning are. I mean, I obviously know that they're in between those, but you, you couldn't, if you quizzed me every day, what moon phase are we in? I wouldn't know. And if you quizzed me every day, I would know. And I would also know what sign the moon was in and I would know what was coming up. And neither is right or wrong. It's just, exactly. to your point, everyone has their their range of, of that information. So exactly. use it how it works for you in your life. Yep. Okay. So let's start with the new moon. This is all about setting intentions and creating goals. I, my favorite thing to do during, I have a new moon ritual and a full moon ritual. I do not do rituals for every moon phase. I would be way too busy doing rituals all the time, but that wouldn't work for me. (laughs) But I do a new moon and a full moon ritual. So I'm going to tell you what they are, but I think it's, it's helpful because people a lot of times get these a little backwards when I'm seeing them do stuff on social media. So it's not a judgment thing. It's just that this might be helpful. Agreed. I see it backwards too. For your new moon, this is when you're setting your goals and intentions. And so doing something like writing it on a piece of paper and burning it so the smoke goes up like you're giving it to the universe is what you would want to do for a new moon ritual, not a full moon ritual. Now, if you do that for a full moon ritual, it's not like you undid anything or did anything bad. It's just that you're not harnessing the, the energy the best way you possibly could. Right. So growth is the thing you want to focus on and you, you want to... I don't want to do like a manifesting PSA, but I'm just going to say a little thing about manifesting. You don't want to look at manifesting like you're just giving yourself a list, like a to-do list. Mm-hmm. That's part of it. But you, especially at the new moon, when you're setting the goals and intentions, you want to look at it like, how can I, how can I give this to the universe so that it's like supporting me and I'm receiving things that I can do to get there. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a lot of people are like, all right, this is my, perfect 20 step process. And then they kind of put blinders on. And if you set these intentions, what's going to happen is the universe is going to start giving you like all kinds of crazy signs and opportunities. If you're paying attention that are going to be the things that will help you get there. Does that make sense? Yeah. You can't micromanage the universe. Yeah. I have tried. (laughs) It doesn't work. When you find out it's a new moon again, it doesn't have to be like at the exact moment it becomes a new moon around the new moon. You will really think about what kind of goals and stuff do I want now? It happens every 29 days. So you don't need to set new goals every 29 days. Think of it as a new cycle of going towards the same goals. Right. Well, and that's what you're doing in I'll let you get there, but that's what you're doing with the full moon. Exactly. Exactly. So this is, you don't have to have new goals every time. You're not only figuring out exactly what you're going to do. You're just really having a lot of consciousness and awareness and thinking about what you want. This is a time where you're going to get a lot more creative ideas. This is an idea time. So it's a great time to tap in and to think about them. You don't have to journal for five hours. You can, if you want to. But I would just say, just be really paying attention to the ideas coming in because that's just a great time to capture them. And don't forget that you're talking about the moon. So you're talking more about allowing. Yes. So if you're feeling like you're making lists, that you're brainstorming, that you're journaling for five hours, do some of that. But the energy of the moon inherently is about allowing. So Heather, you saying, think about what ideas you're getting, notice what signs you're getting, that's how you allow. You're just allowing it to come to you. Perfect. Exactly right. You are receiving. And this is intuition. So if you think that you're supposed to journal, 
for let's say 20 minutes on the night of the new moon and you go to do it and it doesn't feel like you, what you want to do, it's not going to help you to force yourself through that. Find something else. Agreed. Always. Okay. Next we have the waxing crescent moon. So I'm going in order. Okay. So the waxing crescent crescent move is when moon is when you want to focus on action steps. See, I said move by accident because this is when you want to move. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So great time to take those intentions and those goals and those ideas and like actually take some steps. Now, again, if you paid attention in the new moon and sort of this is super cheesy again. I must be in a cheesy mood today. But I do like the cheesy thing they say to think of it as you're a co-creator with the universe. Right. I do actually like that. It is cheesy. If someone has a less cheesy way to say it, I'm down. But you do kind of want to think of it that way. So things should be coming in and you want to be taking action. So these goals don't also have to all be like total world domination or, you know, a raise or like these big things. It could also be like, I want to, I want to be more organized. I need to organize my house. Okay. So let's say you set the goal to organize your house or or let's say you're like, you know what, specifically I'm going to organize the garage. (laughs) This is the time to to do it while it's the way I can give us. You're going to have energy for it. You're going to be into it. It's going to feel better. If you try to do this during like a waning crescent, forget about it. That's not going to feel great. Right. Exactly. Pick your action steps. And this would be, this is when everyone tells you to quote unquote hustle. I don't love that word, but this would be the time to like, to do that if you're okay with that word. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay. Next we have the first quarter moon. This is like someone took all of the action steps that you had and like threw you into high gear and then threw a challenge right into the middle of it. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, Break it up a little bit. yeah, this is when you're, you're cleaning out the garage and you moved something and it broke something else in the garage. And now you can't keep going until you fix this thing. This is what a, a first quarter moon always feels like. Exactly. But let's let's take it and let's make it a little bit. Let, let's say like your goal is that you want to find a new job. Mm-hmm. And so you've, you've created this goal in the new moon. It came to you. It's what you want to do. Wax and Crescent, you came up with some steps. You started taking action. And now things are happening and you're going on interviews and stuff. But you just had this awful interview and this person was like, the reason you're not getting hired at all these places is this like ridiculous thing. And it felt awful. And you leave and you're like, why does the universe hate me? You know, those moments, that thing that just happened, if it happened during the first quarter moon was like the universe waving a flag at you saying your energy is out of alignment right here. And if you deal with this issue, you're going to be able to manifest better. Right. And that's not a punishment from the universe. That is just, sort of them pushing you back on a better track. It's just a little shove in in a better direction. Yes. And I love that you said that because the universe doesn't punish you. It's, it's, it doesn't do that ever. That's not a thing that I think that's like a hangover thing from like religion or something. The idea that sort of a greater power is punishing you. Yes. Not the case here. (laughs) What's actually happening is that you're calling for something and some part of you is out of alignment with it. And it's affecting your ability to manifest it in the way that you want. And the universe is responding by trying to show you that in usually a very symbolic and dramatic way. Right. So, and so then if you take it as like the universe is punishing me and you quit and you give up and you stay at your crappy job, then you're stuck at your crappy job. If you take it as a sign of this is where I'm not in alignment 
then you can tweak things, make adjustments, and then get on a better track. Yes. One of the most common things I see here is when people are trying to manifest more money and they're like doing well. And then right when the first quarter moon hits, all of a sudden, like they're, they get a flat tire and they need to replace it. And that money just that they had saved now has to go to that. And they're like, forget it. I can't do it. But what was actually happening is symbolically, I'm I'm just going to give an example in that one, right? Your car represents your journey. And so that it was like, Hey, as you're journeying, shit's going to happen. So when you're manifesting money, you also have to manifest it as extra, not just what you have. And so that's most likely a sign for that. Now it's still freaking frustrating. Don't get me wrong. But it's also, if you, if you, after you stop swearing at the universe and are upset, if you take a couple breaths and you sort of can see that, or you can ask someone to help you see that, that is going to really help you because now you can make that tweak in how you're manifesting. It could just be language, right? And then it's going to make this huge difference in getting where you want to go. Yep, exactly. Next, we have the waxing gibbous. This is refining time. Okay. So this is the time you just had the challenge happen. You've kind of seen it. So now what are you going to do with that information? Okay. And I also want to say here that those first quarter challenges are not always huge. They could be little blips. They could be small. Like you'll have how many moon cycles? We have about 12. Actually, I think it's 13 usually, right? So of the 13, probably three of them are going to be big deals, right? Like punching right the rest are going to be these little road road bumps like speed bumps as you go along okay so don't only look for like huge things they can be very little and subtle also and also i'd like to say don't tap out when those things happen and quit because guess what those speed bumps still happen whether or not you are actively working you know what i mean the universe is still sending you signs all the time whether or not you're in a lot, like trying to be in alignment with the moon phases or trying to better yourself or having a spiritual journey, those signs are always coming and going in your life. So you might as well be on board with the universe and and trying to do better and feel better. That's how I feel. I I would much rather be privy to the information (laughs) to understand it than to just go around blind wondering why all this stuff was happening to me. Agreed. Okay. So the waxing gibbous is when you, you take that information and you make the adjustments towards your goal. So think refinement. You want to keep pushing forward. It's important to pick yourself back up after the frustration and keep moving forward. It does not have to mean that you are like doing a million things. It might just be that you're working on changing language. Maybe you're shifting how you think about it. Maybe you're going for a walk and like brainstorming about it. Right. But it's just that you keep, you keep that momentum going is important at this time. Okay. Full moon, Uh a misunderstood in our culture moon sign, in my opinion. I mean, and also gets all the credit and all the the glitter and the jazz. Yeah. And also all the blame. (laughs) True. Right. True. Okay. So the full moon energy is actually about celebrating and illuminating. And I want to tell you what I mean by that. A lot of people think it's about releasing and it actually isn't, but people do experience a release in the sense of like, Oh, now I can kind of see it all. And I, I'm not so much working towards like, I'm not so much in that hustle moment and I'm more into like, okay, this is where I am. And then the waning, you're going to sort of like release and relax a bit more. So it's sort of that like turning point, if you will. So I think that's why there's confusion. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. You want to take the full moon and look at where you are and you want to feel really proud and you're going to have more clarity because think it, you're more, it's more illuminated about what's going on and how you actually feel. So the full moon is the time, you know, there's all these jokes and cultural references about like staying home during a full moon. And that isn't because it's actually dangerous and scary and there are werewolves and stuff. It's because this is the time to listen to yourself. This is when you want to, and you're going to feel more and be more emotional. So it makes sense to be like home. Does that make sense? Right. This is when you would be tapping in and downloading and intuitive. Yes. And now it's also important to go, what can I shed more light on or look at than I'm not? Because you're going to see it more at this time. I think that's a, a very overlooked, incredibly important question. <laughs> Agreed. I agree yeah. with you. Where are like the shadowy cobwebs in your life that you're not really exploring what's going on? It's not about guilt or shame for that. It's about going, hmm, what could I actually shine a little more light on and how would that benefit me? Great question to ask during a full moon. Yeah. I always think of the full moon as just observing. I, the word observe always comes to me. I just want to, I just want to take inventory of, I have the full light on this mm-hmm. and I just want to look and see what's working, what's not working, where I've progressed, where I still need to, to progress. Absolutely. Don't, I always feel like I'm all like zoomed out a little on my life and I can look yeah. at it differently yeah. and like see it better than when you're like in the trenches of it. That's what full moon energy feels like to me. Agreed. Now, the reason people get all tripped up during a full moon and they do. Okay. Oh, they do. they do. Absolutely. And you guys, I, I have clients who I have taught who work in hospitals. I have taught these moon phases too, so they can staff differently during the different moon phases. I have a husband <laughs> who is a firefighter and they all, you know, not the most like metaphysical bunch of people <laughs> you've ever met in your life. And they all will openly agree that the tours that they work on the full moon are hectic. Yes. This is a true thing. I will tell you that hospitals, the, the hospitals, the people who work in hospitals that I talk to about staffing for this, on a full moon, they staff way more nurses, not doctors. I just thought that was an interesting side note to just say. No, it makes perfect sense. Actually. I think so too. Okay. So the reason this is happening is because if you're not seeing all your stuff, if you're avoiding your stuff, this is when it's going to feel awful for you because it's all lit up. It's all coming to light. Yes. Now, in addition to this, there are some people who walk around this world, a lot of people who walk around this world, who have issues, like actual real issues that make it almost impossible to look at this stuff. Yes, there are specific mental illnesses that you can have that make looking at your stuff and having it all lit up be literally painful. Oh, yes. Absolutely. And with and if you do not have the capacity to deal with it, you're not going to be okay. No, you're physically, you can physically be unwell. You can mentally be unwell. It can be a very, very hard time to experience. Yeah. So I don't like it when people are like, well, if you just, you know, looked at your stuff, you'd be fine. Not necessarily. <laughs> No, and that's not fair. so not fair. So here's what you do need to know for, for most of us walking around, okay? If you are avoiding something in your life, which by the way, we are all avoiding stuff in our life. Don't ride in on your high horse and tell me that you don't avoid anything. I see you people who do that and I laugh 
I don't want to sound mean, but that to me is so ridiculous. Of course you're avoiding stuff. But if you're in a particular moon moon cycle where you're avoiding a lot of stuff or you're avoiding big stuff, the full moon is going to be rough for you. Right. Agreed. Just take it into account and be kinder to yourself. Be gentler to yourself. You don't need to shame yourself, but get your most comfortable blankets, your favorite snacks, and put on your favorite movie and watch it because you're going to feel a lot of stuff that you haven't been looking at. So take care of yourself is my point. Yeah, I think that that's a really important point, um, especially if you know that the full moon is a hard time for you, then you can actually look and see, oh, next month's full moon is on this date. I'm staying home that that night. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. Exactly. Now, for me, a person who is obsessively looking into their stuff, maybe too much, I enjoy a full moon. and I feel fantastic on a full moon. So... The idea also that with the stigma that, oh God, it's a full moon, you're going to feel stuff is also not true from the other end of the spectrum. I like a full moon. In fact, I, a lot of people can't sleep during a full moon because the energy is so, so much more intense. I sleep like a baby on the full moon. It's the, it's the couple nights leading up to it where that energy is still building that I feel like I'm, I'm plugged into the moon and it's shooting me electric shocks all the time. But once the full moon happens, I feel good. And that's different for everyone. So I also don't like it when people are like, oh, it's this moon sign, so you won't be able to sleep. Well, that's different for everyone, and that's silly. But it's just know where yours are so you can be prepared. Right. And if you know that it's because of the moon, then you know it's not forever, then it's not the end of the world if you can't sleep for a night or two. Yeah, like have your favorite book nearby your bed on the night of a full moon or something. You know what I mean? Like... No, okay, this will be a little bit harder, but this is just the way I cycle. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. All right, waning crescent moon is next. Okay. This is the time to reflect back on the moon cycle so far, on what's happened, and like take in the benefits. This is the reap what you sow time, okay? So right. you are just going to you're going to go like, okay, all that, that work I did, all that hustling, all the cleaning of the garage or manifesting or whatever I was doing, let me sit back and just take in, receive the energy that I created by doing that. Let me see it, reflect on it. Think about, you know, start thinking about when the next moon cycle comes up, what might I tweak and do differently? And then let me also just really take a moment to absorb whatever I created. Agreed. And if we're talking about that garage example that you used, I love that example, actually, because, you know, you're cleaning your garage and then you have the shelves fall and something breaks and and you have this moment of like, oh, God, what's happening? But then when you get to this phase, the garage is cleaned and you have a new shelving system. Yeah, this is the time to go sit in your garage with a cocktail and appreciate your hard work. Right. And so, but like the, the, the shelves falling that you thought was this big disaster, you figured it out, you fixed it. And now you've got something new that you can be really proud of, Yes, you know? So it's even even more than you wanted. Exactly. And so this is the time that you want to be really noting that like, Oh, look at how that brought me to here. And it's easier to do that in this stage than when you're in it. Right. So that challenge is up and you're just like ready to murder everybody. That's not the time to, right. to be like, oh, what's my greater lesson? Like, let me just be grateful for this flat tire or whatever, right? Like, <laughs> that's not going to happen. 
this is when that happens. So you want to be paying attention to it then and understanding it. This is the time to really reflect on it. Right. Give yourself some credit. You did it. It sucked. It was hard, but you You did it. it. Love it. Okay. Um, The last quarter moon, this is actually when you release. Right. So I want to, I want to jump back for a second because during, I want to say my full moon ritual, but it it pertains to the last quarter moon because I quite often actually do this. I finish this ritual during the last quarter. So I want to, I want to kind of marry the two here. This is not when you're burning the wish and sending it to the universe. This is when you're burying it. So you, you write it down again and you bury it in the earth. There's actual paper that I like to use that's made out of seeds. So you write it on it and then you plant it and it grows, which I think is incredibly cool. But you want to think of it um, in that sort of life cycle of like the apple that we like to talk about, right? Where you're like the apple (laughs) grew on the tree and and the new moon, the seed came, right? Like it it did the whole thing. This is the part where it's, it's falling on the ground now and it's about to like rot and go back into the earth and probably grow a new apple tree (laughs) with its seed. Right. And rotting isn't bad. That's where you get more apples. Exactly. So during the full moon is usually when I'm like really seeing how it went and I'm like rewording it and I'm writing a lot of that stuff down. And then oftentimes I actually plant it at the last quarter moon. So I just want to make that a little bit clearer. Again, do your own practice. You do not have to do it the way we do, but this lines up better energetically than what I see a lot of people doing on social media. And I just want it to be helpful. Okay. So this is when you're releasing, you're acknowledging what needs to be released, right? Like, what do I need to get rid of? So if we go back to the garage, we're, we're now looking around and going like, what else could I, could I get out of here? Right. Now that it's clean, there's these two boxes over here that I said, I'm taking to goodwill. I'm driving them there right now. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, this is that moment where you're going, let me just sweep one more time to get it pristine. Like, what am I letting go of? This is the time for that. And you're going to naturally feel it. You certainly will. (laughs) This is when Elsa is singing, let it go at the top of the mountain. This is when you're letting the shit go that has happened. (laughs) Let that shit go. Absolutely. All right. Last, we have the balsamic moon. This is the time to rest. Can we talk about balsamic and what it means and why we all think of salads? Yes, please. Well, uh, what, it means healing, right? right? Why, why the balsamic vinaigrette? I probably should have looked this up before we recorded, but it has, it's so lovely when you think of it as healing. <laughs> I'm just going to put this healing vinaigrette on my salad. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was plants and oils and stuff they use for healing. Maybe I, I never thought about it way, way, way back in the day. You know what oh I mean? my gosh. We're going to have to look it up and we're going to have to either be obsessed with that next week and tell you about it or post it on social media or something. I don't know why it became a salad dressing. And when I say balsamic moon, I do think people think I mean a, a salad dressing. I think people definitely think. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't mean a salad dressing. <laughs> This is this is the time where it's just before the new moon and you can barely see a sliver of the moon. Okay. Right. So this is rest and tune into yourself. Okay. Replenish, reflect back. Um, this this is again a little bit of a cheesy word, but like honor where you are, honor what just happened. Not like, you know what I should have done? I should have done 12 more things than I should have handled this differently. Like this isn't the time for shame. This is the time for resting and honoring. Like, look at all that shit I dealt with. Or 
I also had 50 other things going on, but I still managed to get through this moon cycle and I did pretty well. So I, I am really just going to honor that that's what the journey was. This is when you do that. Right. Exactly. It's a little tough though, when you live in a culture that doesn't really promote resting. No, there's no downtime. No. There. And I'd also like to say you don't have to rest by like laying down. You you can highly suggest it, yeah. but sometimes resting is going for a walk, like resting, meaning like, what do you need to do to replenish yourself? Exactly. The last thing that I just want to mention is that there are different names for the full moons that occur in the different months. So each 29 day cycle, there is a different moon, full moon name. And I'll, I'll post it in the show notes. Like I'll post a graphic of what they are so that I'm not just like reading them to you, but I do feel like there's right. a, there's some, there's like a little bit of a thing I need to say about it. Yes. Yeah, say it. Okay. These are, these are used in almanacs mostly. Mm-hmm. And most of the names are taking, taken from native American culture. Yeah. Most of them are poorly taken from native American culture. Yeah. I was just going to say, I've read that also. So it was like a bunch of colonizing white dudes paid attention to what the Native Americans were calling the moon names and what they meant. And then barely didn't ask any more questions or educate themselves on it, but just put their own interpretations down and did that thing I talked about. I don't know if it was last episode or the one before where it's just like, oh, this is what Native Americans say. But all different Native American tribes called the moons all different things. So it's kind of weird because right because the native american tribes named their moon cycles on what was happening for them at that time and that's a huge expanse of land so what was happening in what is now northeast america you know what's happening in the summer here is very different than what's happening you know on the other side of this country so they're they had different names exactly so i suggest you you look look at them and learn about them because they're really interesting. And it, it promotes that thing we talked about before where you really see how much more connected to this stuff we were in our everyday life. Okay. But to that same point, I want you to also have that grain of salt and know that it's, you're most likely reading something that's a little bit incorrect and completely culturally appropriated. Yeah. It's been colonized. Yeah. Like, like for example, to what you said before, the March moon is sometimes referred to as the worm moon. And everyone's always like, ew, what a terrible name. It should be something cuter. Like how the April moon's called the pink moon. Like I hear, like, let's rename it. But it wasn't called it to be cute. I know it was called it because this is when the worms started poking out of the ground, which is a really important sign when they do that as to when to start planting crops. So it's, do you know what I mean? Like we don't, we don't look at it the right way. Eh. Yeah, this isn't for aesthetics. This is for life and living and sustaining your community. Yeah, and again, I know I said it before to go back and listen to our sabbats, but literally a lot of those were around the moon. Like the moon was signaling when to harvest, when to plant certain things, you know, and a lot of the holidays that we now know are taken from that. So, right for they were harvest celebrations. Yeah, exactly. So really worth looking into, but also understanding that what you're reading is coming from a very colonized version of what actually went down with naming them. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Right. That's all I have. What do you think, Jay? What do you think about all this, this moon fun? 
I love it. I think it's super informative. And I also think that we could do another episode on it. I think we could talk about a million other more things about the moon. So if that's something that people are interested in, let us know. We can talk about, I can think of five other things right now to talk about the moon, you know, and how it affects our lives. Same. Absolutely same. Talking about the moon is one of my favorite things to talk about. So I'm always happy to do that. This, I feel like is a little bit of like, how can you use understand the moon a bit better in your life but there are lots of other little elements in ways that you can use it too and you know I really feel like if we could do some more research Jay into women's reproductive cycles and the moons and things I think we would have so much more understanding (laughs) than what we have I mean that could be a whole episode there are so many things so let us know what you think and if there's questions you have or stuff you want us to explore more we would gladly talk about the moon some more Right. Use this as a starter to figure out where your moon is, get to know the cycles and how they feel as you go through them. And then we can go through how to, you know, more intricately apply them to different things in our lives. Exactly right. Okay. I'm going to go check my app for what the moon is doing right now and respond appropriately. Agreed. Can I ask everyone listening to do us a favor? Can you please go wherever you're listening to this, whatever platform you listen to the IGG on, can you go on for us, please? And like, whatever it's asking you to do, like, like, follow, download, rate, write a review. We would love for you to do that for us. Hey, thanks for listening to our episode. For show notes and a place to send feedback, please visit our website, embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls. Again, that's embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls.